This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 205 DGS on KMOX. We did a little Cardinals there. We have Ricky Horton coming up in about 40 minutes. Let's do some audio. So you have some audio, Dave. It says Tigers. What is this all about? Oh, yeah. Wheels, you'll know about this one. It's the uh, Tigers announcer. I was watching the game when it happened. Are you? Were you really? (laughs) Yes. That's weird because that's that's like I tend to do that, too. It's so strange because I saw the Biden falling asleep being weird thing live. And I'm like, is anyone else seeing this? (laughs) And uh, I was texting with my buddies. So, yeah, I didn't see this. But uh, a Tigers announcer uh, made some questionable uh, 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 observations about uh, a female fan. Oh, sorry. 26 from Marvel Superhero Night, presented by Bally Sports Detroit. First 15,000 fans will receive a Marvel Black Panther bobblehead. For tickets, go to tigers.com slash giveaways. She's about to get married, right? That's yes, why she's she got that outfit on, right? And then uh, she's at a baseball game. Good for her. It's part of her, uh, her little trip with the girls, I suppose, before. Got her brides, maids with her. A bachelorette party going on. Here at the ballpark at Progressive Field. Nothing sexier than a girl drinking a lot of food. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen Kwan looks at one low and away. They're out having fun. That's all that matters, right? It's a beautiful day for it. Oh, my gosh. So, okay. (laughs) I'll go first. Just because you could have said something 10 or 20 years ago, no one would have blinked, doesn't mean it was okay back then. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you could have said that 10 or 20 years ago, and I don't think anyone would have said a word, but now it just stands out so much when someone says something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You could just feel them gearing up to say something mildly creepy whenever he was like, ooh, she's here on her bachelorette party. That's why she's dressed like that. I was like, here we go. (laughs) What's he going to say? I mean, it was nothing horrible. I wouldn't like sue or anything if I were this lady. It's just... Why make the comment? I, I do think. Did he say she's got her broads with her? No, no, brides, brides. and brides. then bridesmaids, oh, okay. and then adjusted it. Yeah, I heard broad. I yeah. was like, oh, I think God. it was just the whole like. There's nothing sexier than a woman drinking a wine. Yeah. I was saying, yeah. Before that, if you because I, I was watching the game, then the camera was showing this group of women, yeah. and she had like the, the veil, veil on, and they were wearing shirts that said bridesmaids, and she had some other part of the get up like a part like it was like a it was just a gag like a goofy thing and they're like four or five or six of them like that 
And that's where he's like, why she's wearing that kind of thing. Yeah. It wasn't until the, the line and Kugel thing tone. where I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> there was definitely a tone. And they were both, you could tell they were both like elbowing each other and looking at each other like, what do we say? And then the line and Kugel one, I texted my buddies that are all live in Detroit. And I'm like, what was that? <laughs> why? Why? Like, that doesn't make, that's not a good, that's that you're treading dangerous ground there. A, yeah. it's not a good thing to say, even if you're just joking, but you're on television. It also you you gives, shouldn't be talking about this anything jokingly about the sexiness of a fan at yeah. the stadium when you're on a broadcast. And it also just gives the impression that you're unable to like look at a woman and say something about her without, you know what I mean, without turning it into like a sexual comment. No, exactly right. So and, will there be any fallout? I haven't seen anything. Oh, I, I mean, and I don't even think there should be. I just think that they should be a little embarrassed. You know, like, why Why did you say something like that? That was silly. Again, I don't think it was anything so over the line where it's like, what is wrong with you? Also, but it's a little bit like, eh, what's wrong with you? As a <laughs> professional broadcaster that does this four hours a day, five days a week, I know the feeling of, and you guys do too out there, whatever business you're in, you feel yourself about to say something and you're going, you're going to say it, aren't you? You really, you, you really shouldn't say this. And then you say it, and you're like, well, it's out there now. I mean, mm. it just happens. Mm -hmm. just happens. Mm. Nothing sexier than a woman drinking <laughs> a wine cooler. Yeah, uh, No, it was a line and kugel. Oh, I thought he said wine yeah. cooler. And, and she I, had a line and kugel in like, her hand. I was who drinks yeah. wine coolers anymore? I it's didn't a, know that was still a thing. Yeah, it doesn't make, none of it makes any sense. <laughs> and I don't understand the reference. Is there a line, like, is there something about line and kugel? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, he must just really like that beer. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. It was weird. It was, like, not a good... It's not good. What else we got? Um, so I have Lion Joe Biden. No, I'm just kidding. But this is him <laughs> talking about his kitchen fire. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake it's outside of our home and on a lake a big pond <laughs> and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts the air conditioning duct to make a long story short I almost lost my wife my 67 Corvette <laughs> and my cat okay whenever you start out your story by saying not to compare tragedies but <laughs> Just stop. Maybe don't. Don't make the comparison because it is not even close to being the same thing. I get what he's trying to do. Like Chris said in the first hour, I get the whole trying to relate, but this yeah. is apples and oranges. Just don't Can tell I say your one thing story. About our show, there's some guy out there that's always calling our boss saying, like, might as well be MSNBC. All they do is bash Trump. Well, I hope you're enjoying the, the Biden bashing, a hole, because <laughs> we are very fair on this show. We call them as we see them. When you look like you are sleepy, we say you look like you're sleepy. When you've committed felonies, we say that. So go back to sleep. Yeah. Let's I, be honest. They're all ridiculous humans and they all deserve mockery. I, I mean, will say because they're they they are the root of what is causing all of the problems. I do relate to Joe in being forty five seconds into a bad story and saying to make a long story short, <laughs> I've I've definitely been there. I feel his pain on that one. But to be speaking to people who have lost everything and then be complaining that you almost lost your sixty seven Corvette, like eh, it's okay, just keep it to yourself. Yeah, no one wants you to offer your condolences and move on. Yeah, you don't understand a thing by almost having a thing. Yeah. And don't make little jokes.
Like, these are people who have had their entire city destroyed. Like, don't make little cracks about how, yeah, I almost lost my sick car. <laughs> and he laughs at the other. He's like, eh. Wheels, you have a lot of audio. What I always like have play? a lot of audio. Um, which one? Let's, so I want to play the Nikki Haley one. Is there one that says Nikki Haley? Uh-huh. So I just want to get your guys' reaction to what she's saying here. I would love to tell you, oh, Biden did that to us. But I've always spoken in hard truths, and I'm going to do that with you today. Our Republicans did that to us, too. You go back and you look at that $2.2 trillion COVID stimulus bill that they passed with no accountability, leaving us with 90 million Americans on Medicaid, 42 million Americans on food stamps. And did Republicans try and make it right? They opened up earmarks for the first time in 10 years, pushing through 7,000 of them in December. Want to know how they spent your money? $30 million on an honors college in Vermont. $10 million to tear down a hotel in Alaska. $7.5 million on horse racing in Arizona. And they just came out with the 2024 budget. In the budget, Republicans put $7.4 billion worth of earmarks and pork projects. Democrats put in $2.8 billion. So you tell me who the big spenders are. Right? But let me tell you. You're in luck. I'm not a lawyer. I'm an accountant. Well, she sounds like a fiscal conservative, which is <laughs> something Refreshing. that seems pretty rare lately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you guys like me? When Because I was raised with the whole, whether you believe it or you don't believe it, like we're the greatest country in the world and no one's even close when you have a country of 330 million people and 92 million are on Medicaid and 42 million don't can't support themselves, cannot buy enough food, that's not great. Mm-mm. That's not that's not even good. I don't, I don't know what the numbers are across the world. Maybe our world. Maybe we just live on a poor planet. Maybe we live on a planet where people aren't good at taking care of themselves and we we're just a little slightly better version of that. But when you hear those numbers. It's not. It's not fantastic. I think part of it is because we we probably have the circumstances best suited for the highest end result. Does that make sense? The way I'm putting that, like our ceiling is way high. We're in another country. I don't know. I'm just gonna. I, I don't know that this is true. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Like Sweden. Okay, their ceiling might be a little lower, and their floor is higher. So there's less of a gap between the floor and the ceiling. Where us, we have like basically no floor. And we have no ceiling. You can keep going all the way. And I wonder if that's what we perceive as, not perceive, but that's how we interpret. Let me correct you, though. We do have a floor. And I think that maybe the floor that we have established makes the the ceiling people feel better. Mm. That, hey, come on, we're not just letting you die in the ditch. We've got all, we had Medicaid, we got SNAP, we got food stamps, we got this, we got that. So shut up, poor people, and let me get on my yacht. But I'm not sure that the floor we have, and look, I'm not, I'm not sufficiently well-read, I'm too ignorant on this topic to have a comfortable, confident opinion when it comes to, I'll just call it the welfare state, wrap it all up in a bow, sure. entitlements. Um, over the years, I've been angry conservative, go get a job, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. That's what I did. I'm from South Roxana, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I've softened on that. Uh, but I still look at it and say, we're not a successful country if that many of our people are poor to the point that they need help. 
what's wrong? I don't know what's wrong. It's above my pay grade, but I'm at least smart enough to look at it and say, this isn't something to brag about. Well, I, I mean, I think we can say generically what's wrong, and there are too few people that have too much. And I'm not saying that that should be illegal, and I'm not saying that that should be wrong, that that's wrong necessarily. But when 1% of people have more than half of the nation's wealth, there's not enough to go around for everybody else. That's why you have homeless people outside our window right here, because that's our floor. To what degree, our floor is that. You're living on the street. We're really kind of getting into a big thing here, but I'm interested. Uh, at one point, we weren't very global. And I don't know exactly when that happened. And I'm not talking about like the 1700s, but say in the 30s, 40s, 50s, we were still pretty much using all United States products and made in the USA. And everyone's dad worked at a factory and blah, 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 blah. And then at some point, the borders were open and we realized that, oh, we can buy this a whole lot less expensive from China or Sri Lanka. And suddenly dad lost his job at the the plant down the street. Does that have a lot to do with it? The fact that we used to have sort of a self-contained economy and now we've opened it up to the world and the American workers haven't done great? I think that's definitely a good read. I mean, if you look at that time period was probably the sweet spot that you're talking about, right? Like not long after World War II, industry had really kicked in, but it wasn't practical to really do trade with China because because of transportation, I mean, think about the difficulties of moving everything and doing everything the way you did. But as time went on with technological advancements and and transportation getting better and all of these different means of speeding up the process, well, then you realize, oh, wow, we can still have those products. And instead of paying union workers with benefits and pensions and a good salary, we can just let them pay them whatever they want to pay them over there in in a country that doesn't have those types of minimums. Yeah. And look, I've been through it. <clears throat> when my partner and I owned Foxpaw, the company that used to see at Schnooks with the orange kiosks where you would put your broken phone in and we'd pick it up and we would, would return it. When we went to build these kiosks, uh, and I'll get this wrong a little bit, but basically if we built them in China, they were $15,000 a piece. And if we built them in the United States, they were $40,000 a piece. And so as a startup, that's real money. I mean, that's like the difference between doing it and not doing it. And we drilled down in every possible way. And the American manufacturers each time just said, look, this is as cheap as we can do it. This is what it should cost. I mean, right. And I think I've been in that position. That's the perspective it should be. And that is we were trying and have been trying to do it right and do right by workers. But workers in other countries don't have those same protections So they're taken advantage of, which is why it's so much cheaper to produce in places like Vietnam and China and and Thailand and other places where they don't have any protections for the workers. I feel like when I was young, there was a big only buy made in the USA, take pride in the USA worker, don't buy from China. I never hear that anymore. Am I just, is there just too much noise out there or have we kind of abandoned that? I think it's also so much bled over. So just horses out. I mean, like, well, I mean, they're like, think about how many. Um, company car companies that are quote unquote foreign cars, but they're made here. Yeah, or vice versa. Or right, or I mean, there are American car companies making cars and all those. I mean, like the lines have been blurred on all of that. True. I'm not a real. Two twenty five DGS on KMOX. What else? We got an audio. 
Uh, let's see. We have more audio from Wheels if you'd like to play something else. Oh, let's see. What do we have here? One of them I'm saving for later on. Uh, let, since we're going around <laughs> all of the candidates and we've been bashing people today, let's keep on bashing with Ron DeSantis this time. Okay. So we are going to authorize the use of deadly force against the cartels. If you have somebody coming in with the fentanyl on their in the backpack, they even break through the border wall where there is wall. Uh, if they're doing that, uh, that's the last thing they, they're going to be able to do because we're going to leave them stone cold dead at the border. We're not putting up with it anymore. Okay. How does so, that work? So here's, this is what I want to know. is all right, A, how do you know before checking that someone has fentanyl in their backpack? And then once you find it, are you saying that they have the permission to just execute people? I, I didn't think that's the way our justice system no. worked, but... What do we, I mean, that's a presidential candidate saying, yep, yeah, due process, <laughs> we're just going to start killing people. Leave them stone cold dead at the border. Why? And who's attracted to that? Yeah, you know what? We have a, we're, we're a country that's all about the rule of law, but we'll suspend it for this. Yeah. Because you can't know if the fentanyl is in their backpack until after you've checked them, which means they're in custody. So are we saying that you can just execute drug dealers in custody without any ramifications? I think you're putting way more thought into it than DeSantis did. That's my point. He's trying to do the Trump thing. He's trying to do the Trump. He's trying to do the Mexico's going to build a wall and, uh, you know, or we're going to build a wall and Mexico's going to pay for it and S-hole countries and all that stuff. He's trying to do that, but he doesn't. He just doesn't he's have like, the juice. We're going to murder them. Yeah, he just doesn't have the juice. So he's like. We're going to take their we're going to take their lives and we're going to watch their souls bleed out in front of us and it's like wow man And then the next it's interview not how you he do it. the next interview he does that should be the first question. Mm -hmm. The first question would be you said this play the clip. Are you suggesting it's okay for our border agents to just execute people on site? How is that within the law of the United States of America? I think he's just making an emotional appeal to people who are like yeah we should just Get them out of here. And it's like, yeah, I understand the sentiment, but there's got to be a few extra steps. Well, there's there, also people. there's also this bigger part that gets ignored. And I got into this with a couple of friends and a friend of mine does work for the DEA and he he doesn't agree with me on a lot of things, but he agreed with me on this. And he made this point. Something like 95 percent of the fentanyl that comes into the U.S. comes through legal border crossings, comes through ports, roadways, airline airports. You legal know, pathway. So it's not just people carrying backpacks across the border. The most interesting part of this whole discussion is I just realized that you're right. Trump can say something and you go, hmm, wow. And if someone else says it, you're like, oh, my psycho. God, you're a monster. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 235 DGS. We have Ricky Horton coming up in the next segment. Maria Keen is going to be here to talk about a situation I've not even heard of. Sweet 16 coming up at 4 p.m. Uh, I've used this analogy before, but it really hit me today. And I think a lot of it's my age. I'm not 98, but I'm not 28. Uh, and I'm kind of annoyed by modern life. And I was trying to look at a story. And the the nanosecond I opened up the story on my iPad, it was literally ding, 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 like five different ads blocking what I needed to read. And we all know, we've all done this. They make the X so tiny that, like, you, you almost have to be able to hit you know, like being a marksman. And if you're not, it pops it up like, oh, you're interested in Harry and David's. Okay. Like that to me is an analogy for modern life. 
you are annoying the hell out of me. Stop it. It's too loud. It's too much. It's just stop selling me stuff constantly. You feel me? Mm-hmm. It's just like, I just want to read this article. Now it's reasonable if you want to put an ad up there because you're making money. I get it. We do the same thing. But eight that I can't get rid of. And I know I sound a million years old right now, but it's just. No, I've. Ah! I've the ads in particular have been absolutely out of control. Like the one there's there's one at the bottom now and there's one at the top. So you have this much space on your screen to read without trying to close and then you have to try and click the arrow down, then hit the X on both of them going in both directions and it doesn't work and then you click on the thing for Verizon and then now you get Verizon ads across every platform for the rest of time because they're like, oh, <laughs> right, someone's Obs- interested in Verizon. A yeah. little obsessed with Verizon, are we? And also, I think <laughs> yeah. Kevin has an ad for Verizon on his screen right now. No, that's he- a T-Mobile one that popped okay, up on ESPN.com. Because I was like, his computer heard me saying the word Verizon. Yeah. So, okay, going kind of back a couple segments ago, it seems that most of us aren't living the life we want to because we have pretty major complaints, but we keep doing it. So is it just because the only choice is to go move to a cabin in the woods and live like it's 1890? I mean, the devil you know, right? Like, I mean, there's no guarantee that if we, if Rachel really did quit to go manage a McDonald's, there's no guarantee that she would love it. She might, on her second day, be like, this is terrible. I hate this. Or, you know, the gra- and the grass is always going to So just cost to do in business. I also think we're pretty spoiled, and sometimes we complain about things we have no business complaining about. Like, Amy's always saying that this is the greatest time to be alive. It feels like she's always saying that anyway. There's never been a better time in human history, and yet we're still like, I'm so miserable because we have these extra stresses, and they're very real and they're very present, but we're also so comfortable at the same time that anything that gets under your skin probably feels like a much bigger deal than it actually is because we're soft. Yeah, uh, Louis C.K. had a really good bit probably 10 years ago about people complaining about technology and You know, like it it takes three seconds to to connect. And he's like, take it easy. The signal's going to space and back. (laughs) Very funny. Very true. And maybe my complaint is the same. Like you didn't have to go outside and pick up a newspaper, find an article. You just hit a button and it popped up on a little screen you have in your in in your hands. But and you are getting all of that content for free. As far as I know, you're not paying for like the premium Apple news service or anything. So those pop ups are are part of that. Not, yep. not to just completely. I wish they would do it. Sm- I wish they would do it more intelligently. Well, that's my point: is how effective can it be when you're just pissing people off? Yeah, because yeah. I'm not clicking any of the links that come up there and buying anything. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I mean, like, I, and I look. I, I, I'm a, I frequent ESPN.com. I go there a lot. They have a lot of banners and ads, but they don't have pop-ups. They don't have stuff that just takes up your screen. And you know, it's and they're clearly making money. It's not like they're unsuccessful. It's one of the busiest websites in the world, and there are ads everywhere. There's the T-Mobile ad there. There's like a, uh, what is it, a Chex Mix ad on there, but none of it gets in the way of seeing the stories or the headlines that you want to see, and I don't think it's that hard to just do it in a way where it's not punching you in the face. That's why, see, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm with both of you guys on this because, Rachel, you're right. These are small, minor things. Um, we do have it easier than human beings have ever had it because more is done for us and all that. At the same time, that means there's less reason for the stupidity. 
it could be so much easier. Why are you doing this to it? I mean, like it's it's an it's an irritation more than anything else. I'll tell you what, Instagram has my targeted ads down to a science. They're really good at it. I have bought several things off of the ads that they show me on Instagram because they've just figured me out. But then Twitter, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. It's, there's a lot. They got a lot of the Twitter ads are. What are they doing? I don't understand. They're, like they're taking whoever will advertise with them, yeah. which is not very many people. I keep getting ads for specifically for bras for women with small boobs, and I'm like, <laughs> first of all, how do I get put on this list? I would like to be taken off, please. <laughs> And it's like every other tweet is that ad. And I, it just looks like I'm looking at pictures of bras all day. I look like a creep. Get that off my screen. Somebody else tweeted that they were getting those exact ones, though. It was like a guy who was getting those <laughs> Well, same. that makes me feel better, at least. Because <laughs> every time I see it, I'm like, hey. Start to take it personally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I've been getting on my TikTok lately? I've been getting those insane fever dream cartoons from the 1930s. Mm-hmm. You know the ones I'm talking about? I, Where like it's a bunch of kids in an orphanage or something? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. exactly it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always like, at the wrong. <laughs> they're all, they're all a, sharing one piece of ham. Yeah. And then a, a man the with a rate. pumpkin for a head comes in and eats their feet. And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> like that. What was wrong with people in the 30s? And it's like, this is my favorite show. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can I watch cartoons, Mom? <laughs> oh, boy. What, what, do, you th- what, what do you think? Get out of the pumpkin head, and his buddy's like, that's scary as hell. That's <laughs> what the did you thing have on the, the uh, restaurant thing? Okay, so there's a restaurant in China that went bankrupt after two weeks because they offered a program where for only the equivalent of 25 U.S. dollars per month, you could do all-you-can-eat food. <laughs> So they obviously went bankrupt like immediately because people were like, perfect, I can go in and eat every meal at this restaurant. But my question for you guys is, if this was suddenly open to every restaurant on the planet for 25 bucks, where are you spending your 25 bucks to get your unlimited meal plan? Can we only pick one? You can only pick one. Maybe we should make it fast food and not like... Yeah, it's cheating to be like capital. Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. I didn't expect the room to go four. completely silent. So are we going fast food? Yeah, fast Taco food. Bell. You would never get tired of Taco Bell. There's so many choices for different versions of the same thing. But I might want a different shape tomorrow. Now listen to me, Kevin. I respect you, but as someone who actually has eaten Taco Bell every day for like six straight weeks, <laughs> you do get tired of it. Yeah, no, no, I just, um, They're one of the few places that has diet do, so that's always a game changer. I might, I might, I, I could say like maybe McDonald's, right? They have enough different choices. Yeah. That there's a variety there. Yeah, I could do Macca's every day. How often would you go though? I mean, you'd have to go at least twice a day to make it worth it. <laughs> oh, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I think you'd true. have to go twice a month to make it worth it. Are you still going bucks? to Panera all the time and getting your. He's got his lemonade right there, Dave. Mm-hmm, every morning. Either I get it or my wife does, and then we get one on the way home. <laughs> and then they go back and they get another one. Pretty much, I mean, pretty much, you can do it every two hours. So pretty much every time we're like out of the house, like let's just let's pop. Do on. you sense that they're getting tired of it? Um, they know us, mm-hmm. but I they think are they, you being invited to like family parties and stuff? <laughs> right, I think they know like everybody who you know, yeah, goes through. Like they've stopped. You have to give your like rewards card, but they've kind of stopped carding us just because they know <laughs> yeah. our voices. They're like Andrew. So do married people only need one card, or are you guys just gaming the system? Um, I think it's fine to share, 
but I will say that a lot of times when I go through and I give the reward number, there's a very pointed like for Megan <laughs> on the on the drive through voice, and I go yes <laughs> for Me- for Megan. I'm taking it to her right now. Yeah, right. That's what I said. I'm I'm always prepared. They've never called me on it. They've never been like, oh, this is not okay. But I always am prepared to be like, uh, I'm driving it home to her right now. Let's Stand break. My Do you want me to get her on the phone? She'll confirm it. <laughs> Let's break so we can. Oh, I have worse than that. So I have a weird voice. And uh, I guess at times on the phone, it can sound female. And more than once in my life, I've been talking like to customer service or something. And they'll call me ma'am. And I just go with it. Oh, Were you playing okay. pyramid at the time? That's the that's that's the like embarrassing part. Is the man of the house? There? Yeah, they'll be you? like, "Well, ma'am," I and I'm just like, "Ah, oh, crap! Here we go again." You don't <laughs> sound like a lady. I guess I do to these guys. Maybe it's been a while since I've seen a real lady. So, do you change your tone on the phone? Yeah, I try to sound Dave's like a like, woman so that I can. <laughs> Dave's like, you got Dave's it. Like, get what I'm looking for. <laughs> How you doing, big boy? Like a woman from deep Alabama. <laughs> 251DGS. Uh, typically, we talk to Ricky Horton at this time, but we're having a little trouble getting a hold of Rick, uh, so we'll probably talk to him in a couple segments. But, Wheels, let me ask you what I was going to ask Rick, which you can probably be a little more forthcoming about since you're not a Cardinals employee, but just given everything where we've been this entire time, and you're sitting here on uh, August 22nd, whatever it is, what lessons should we learn from this season? What lessons should uh, ownership, management, coaching take? I think I mean the the biggest one is to not get caught short with pitching. I mean, like normally the the joke is you can never have too much pitching, right? Like that, that's how everybody approaches it. But they had too much confidence in the guys that they had and then in the younger guys behind them. And it turns out that not only did the guys you have fail to do what you needed them to do, but then the guys who would be next in line weren't ready. And I know I've asked you this before on and off the air, but is it the kind of thing that you think that, uh, boy, we just got fooled. Everything about our players said that they would uh, produce and they just didn't. Uh, which is quite ironic since most of them didn't. Or is it one of those shame on us because we we exaggerated their talent in our mind and we shouldn't have? It's a little bit of both. I mean, like offensively, the team is fine. It's it's like the fourth highest scoring offense in Major League Baseball. They're, they're, they don't, I don't think they have too much to second guess with how things are going with position players. Um, the problem was everyone outside of the team was saying they need more pitching. And in particular, they need more front-end pitching. So top of the rotation, guys that are better than what you have. So they needed someone to add. This was the belief in the offseason from Cardinals fans, baseball analysts, a whole lot of people, that they needed someone better than their best to raise up the rotation. And what they bet on was Wainwright being able to maintain something close to what he did last year, which has not been close. I mean, Wayno. Um, completely fell off the deep end, and he'd be the first one to tell you that based on those numbers. Uh, Jack Flaherty did not become what they needed him to be at the top of the rotation. Miles Michaelis is fine, but Miles is just fine. He was never, he's not that guy. And Jordan Montgomery was exactly what you thought he'd be until you had to trade him. So you didn't get every bet wrong, but you did have a little bit of both of what you're talking about. Like you would not have guessed based on the last few years that the bullpen would implode like it did. This bullpen should have been good. 
You know, I mean, Helsley got hurt, but Gallegos fell apart completely. Your left-handers were a non-factor. Um, and how much of this is money? Like, I was talking to Nick about this last night, and I and you told me, given all of these trades that we did, that we would have X millions of dollars yeah. surplus. 40, something You got like about that. 50 coming off the books. Okay. And Nick, and Nick's Nick, but he said basically like, and they're not going to spend a dime on getting someone better. They're just not going to do it. So he's obviously a little down on the Cardinals and the way that their frugality. Do you agree with that? No, no, I, I don't think their problem is money at all. I mean, look, their their luxury tax payroll this year is $200 million. What's that mean? I mean, that, but that puts you just outside the top 10. You're like, I think they're number 11 or 12. Um, when it when it comes to that. they're normally somewhere between nine and twelve in terms of overall payroll in Major League Baseball. They're not cheap, but they are risk averse. And what they don't like, and based on their patterns of behavior, they don't like to get into bidding wars over the top end players. Um, so why do you know? I mean, we've talked about this. I think they've got to make a greater emphasis on getting pitchers, particularly starters, that strike people out. You need to miss bats. Because a ball that's in play could be a hit. A swing and a miss is an out, right? A strike three is an out. So we don't have to worry about that. Well, those guys cost more. If one of them gets hurt, well, now you're out X amount of money or you're out without that player for X amount of dollars. And they like to spread their money out. And they're more than happy to spend on hitters. What's I mean, they're spending on Goldschmidt and Arenado. That's not really an issue because hitters don't get hurt as often as pitchers What's do. What's a modern example of a team that's done it very well? I mean, Tampa's perfect example of it. And if you want to look at one that doesn't do it, like you could say the Dodgers, but the Dodgers have endless revenue. They can spend whatever they want. So, you know, you look at the Mets, they can spend whatever they want, although they're the case that spending doesn't always work. They spent twice what the Cardinals did, and they're the same, about the same record. But the, the the teams to look at that are doing it right, Cleveland is great with pitching. Um, Milwaukee has been great with finding and developing pitching. And I'm talking about guys that strike people out, Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta. Are you happy with our talent finding sources? They seem to be okay with, with, with drafting and finding players. I mean, Jordan Walker and Nolan Gorman are pretty good. They found Brendan Donovan. They found Lars Newtbar, who was not a really high draft pick. Like they're they're pretty lately they've been better on the offensive side. They haven't had as many top tier pitching candidates develop um, guys that are like ace potential. Flaherty was that, but then once he started having shoulder problems, he wasn't that anymore. Uh, and a lot of the guys that have been on the pitching side here lately are the guys that have been kind of middling. Who is our last pitching stud? Absolute lights out. He's going to give you seven innings a game. And well, I mean, Wayno was that not too long ago. Chris Carpenter was that um, Carlos Martinez and Jack Flaherty were that, but they were only that for a short period of time. And once they got hurt, they weren't that anymore. So, you know, they definitely had them, but not here in these last, like say three years, they haven't had another guy jump in who was at that level. Uh, we should be having a similar discussion with Ricky Horton at some point during the show today. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.